despite all this noise. We're here. I, we are here. Podcast. Val, Val and Chad. Val and Chad. Chad and Val. Here we are. Um, excited for our episode today. We are talking to some friends of ours mm-hmm. who people may know a couple different names by, I guess, at this point. We're bringing them here today as Chrome Bodies. Yes. But you may know them formerly as Hotel Garuda and Manila Killa. Yes. Yeah. Um, two people that I have known for almost a decade now. It's wow. Unbelievable. Did, That's cute. Yeah, did their first show together in 2014 um, uh, at the Moving Castle Showcase. Yeah. And uh, many things have moved. We've all gone different places, separated, reunited. And uh, yeah. it was great. It was great getting a chance to talk to them, especially because you and I both have um, great relationships with, with the guys. So. Yeah. I think it's really cool to see people that our friends, but also artists kind of grow and evolve. And it feels like we're catching them at a really fun time because obviously they've just announced Chrome Bodies, their new project together after a five year break after breaking up as Hotel Garuda. And if you haven't checked out the music yet, highly recommend. It's very fast, very intense, and honestly pretty funny and like has like a tone of humor that they tell us a little bit about like where that energy is coming from. And sweat season. Yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear more about what sweat season is and their opinion on sweating on the dance floor. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, it, it, it was great. Uh, this was the first interview that they did together as Chrome Bodies. Yeah. And we were honored to be the, the first people they talked to about it. So I yeah. uh, hope you enjoy this sit down that we have with Chrome Bodies. So one thing that a lot of people don't know about me, but my my close friends and like my close circle all know this. Um, I was diagnosed with a form of epilepsy. In Sorry, Sorry. Pedro Cliques. Hi. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's Pete Cliques. Um, I was diagnosed with a form of epilepsy in my sophomore year of college, and uh, fortunately, it's not it's not photosensitive epilepsy, so it's not like the flashing lights kind. Although the irony of that being my condition as a DJ is not lost on me either. Like, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I get it. It's too rich even for me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, most of the time I stay on top of it with just medication and, like, regulating my sleep, regulating my nutrition. But sometimes during this episode, uh, you might see me flail my arm a little bit or lose my train of thought, and that's because I'm having a momentary seizure. But it's all good because I've got medication and I'm fine. That's great. I know. I mean, I think it's really important to like talk about stuff like that because I feel like when you're just not exposed to it, you don't know what that is, or you yeah, don't know yeah, people like, or to like, be around someone who's people are confused that. a lot of times. They're like, "Like, are you okay? Like, are what, you what?" Good. <laughs> Sometimes people think I'm like doing a bit. Like when I like, I'll be holding something and I like throw it or like I'll like drop it or something, and they're like, Haha. "I'm like, <laughs> what's so funny, big guy?" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's something I've been dealing with, I guess for for. 10, 12 years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, I never not fun. Knew, I never really knew that. It's not fun, obviously, but like, you know, we all, we don't ask for the bodies we get. We're all dealing right? with something. We all, yeah. we all got something. Yeah. Uh, so if you're an epileptic watching this, you can do it too. You can DJ too. You can that. DJ too. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I appreciate great. you sharing that. Thank I you. really do. Um, well, I was going to ask you about iced coffee. Is this is your hobby? Yeah, it is my passion. <laughs> your passion. Sorry, excuse me, not hobby. Passion. It's uh, where did this start? Tell me what um, everything you know. Is about passion like an elevated hobby? I think so. I think right? so. Yeah. Like it's I think, like I think it counts as that's an entry hobby. level as hobby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Just well, sure. I don't even know if it. Qual- <sighs> I feel like it's like like the process of a hobby. Like you get really passionate about it, and then it chills out and it becomes your hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah. I mean, I just got an espresso a couple of years back. Yeah. That's the extent to which I make coffee. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like a fake when I see friends of mine with like... I was going to say, I was like, that's not what I was expecting you to like say. They're like big old espresso machines and shit. I thought you were going to be like deeply... Like no, like you guys know Rafi, and Rafi is like so into his yeah. like espresso pulling and shit. And I'm just like, nope, pod button. <laughs> right, and that's it. <laughs> Do you have any like like across the Nespresso universe? Uh, like, there... what is my favorite pod? Passion, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Chiaro, Chiaro Scuro or something like that. It's called. Okay. What um, is it? I don't know. It's like a double espresso pod. It because the because all the pods, even though they're roughly the same size. Mm-hmm. Um, they use, they use like little barcodes that they scan in the machine to dispense the appropriate amount of water for that kind of pod. Oh. So they, you can have mm. like a cup of coffee pods. You can have like a single espresso shot. Yeah. And I figured out that the double espresso from this specific flavor is like my... It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, perfect ratio. Yeah. I love that. I'm passionate about what that. What about, Chris, do you have a beverage uh, hobby? Literally... The Vietnamese coffee packets from Asian stores. Damn, oh, those are bangers. And then, okay. yeah, I'll also just, like, make your, from, like, the leaves as well, mm-hmm. like, every oh, wow. day. wow. Yeah. You make it by yourself? Yeah, I just brew it. Good for you. Do you have a Yeah. Is that no, hard? No, I don't do all that. Like, Ro- we used to live with Robbie. He did the whole process of, like, sticking the leaves in, having the straw with, like, the filter. I don't yeah. do all that. I just brew it in, like, a French press, and then that's it. I mean, yeah. it gets, yeah, that's, that's still it gets pretty It's a little good. hectic. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I got, I... I've never watched the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know if I'm like putting myself on blast here, but I did watch a clip of a guy who's like a matcha master. It was like really interesting. So then I got really interested in how to do matcha at home. So I got a whisk. You would like be a, a bamboo, matcha guy. Bamboo yeah. whisk, but it's got L-theanine in it. So it's like the caffeine. You get that like balance of the L-theanine, which kind of cools you down. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of balance. Oh. It doesn't give you jitters. So that's why matcha naturally is pretty solid. I mean, do you like matcha? I, I, why I mean, would you say you look like a matcha? I did, that's that's not what I said. <laughs> you are putting words in my mouth. I said you would be a matcha guy. Is that <laughs> you look like a matcha guy. <laughs> Two different things right there. Not quite the same thing. That wouldn't be inaccurate. You I know? just feel it's, like matcha, as far as like the caffeine spectrum goes, like matcha is like the most chill of caffeine. Mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. So yeah, it was, a, so. It was yeah. you were trying to. Like, cause you're a, a chill guy. Right. Okay. Thank you. I was yeah. actually going to ask you if you even drink caffeine cause I didn't know first. Oh yeah. But then. Dude, totally. Jacked up. Yeah. Well, now that we got the uh, caffeine flowing, <laughs> shall we? We shall. Sure. Welcome to All This Noise, which is our little podcast about music made by music people for music mm. people. Um, excited to have you guys here. As our longtime Stoked friends, to be here, yes. man. yeah, thinking of us, yeah. yeah. Chrome Don't bodies. mind my ticks. I'm a, I'm a little, a little on edge, but not, uh, not mentally. Just all good. It, it just gives a little yeah. energy into it. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep us on our toes. I love it. Yeah, right. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, as friends, we've known you guys as Hotel Garuda, as Manila Killa, and I'm excited to have you guys here as Chrome Bodies. I feel like this may be one of the first times you guys are doing like a. Press convo. Yeah, it is. It's funny convo? because yeah. we had this conversation about press and stuff, and we we're like, we're not going to do any of that. But <laughs> once we learned that you guys are doing it, we we're like, you know what? Why not? Why not? Let's go for it. That's I awesome. Very much appreciate that, and also <laughs> wonder why did you guys make that decision? No press or not um, talk about things. Yeah, yet. I mean, we just like kind of wanted to make the music like talk for itself. Yeah, like we felt like we didn't really need to explain the project. Really, we just wanted to show it. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think there's a lot of merit to that, you know. I, we talk about it all the time. I feel like journalism and press, especially in music and especially in dance music, is an interesting place. 
But I, you know, like this, this show and a lot of other things that I, I hope are coming up are going to take it back to just more like grassroots and just like, let's just talk about music in a not like no agenda, no fixed yeah. narrative, you know, because I think that it's really tough to do press without the fixed narrative being like, I'm promoting a record. You know, mm-hmm. and I think we just want to kind of talk to you guys, especially about like a very interesting dynamic that has happened throughout the span of your career where you started together, went off and did separate things, although like adjacent. And then now you're back together and kind of wanted to, I don't know, like I, I know Val has some good it. questions, yeah. too. Well, but. yeah. And I was also thinking about, you know, when we we're looking into this conversation. I was like, I can't believe it's already been five years since yeah. you guys yeah, since retired. Yeah. Yeah. Garuda. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have stayed friends and stayed close through the whole thing. But I guess I'm curious, like, when, like, what was that five years like? If you can sum it up, you know, five years of that. Our last show together was Electric Forest 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess we had had sort of, like, come to that agreement that that was going to be our last show. Maybe, like... um, like a month before, right? Yeah, it was pretty close to it. It was pretty, it was pretty, like, near. Um, And, yeah, we were obviously, like, kind of, I was kind of dreading it. Mm. Um, And, you know, it was, it would have been nice to go out with a bang. Obviously, it wasn't like, we didn't have, like, a massive crowd for our last show or anything like that. So it was, it felt a little anticlimactic at the time, but. Really emotional, too. Super emotional. I remember watching the videos. It felt like, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely tough to, like, to put that out there. Mm-hmm. I remember like being so salty. The post announcing <laughs> our split up was like, I think that got more likes and more interaction than any post we had ever put up in our like, entire cool career. Guys. I was like, yeah. damn, where have you guys been this whole time? Like, <laughs> everyone um, loves the dra- dramatic announcement. Everyone loves yeah. the drama, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that happened. And then, uh, yeah, both of us did our own thing. I, you know, truthfully, when we started the project, I was still very, very new to music production. Mm-hmm. So in like 2000. 14 I guess when we started working together I he was like teaching me how to produce on the go and honestly doing a lot of the the legwork when it came to technically making the music so how did you two meet oh this is a good one yeah I mean, yeah I, I, do like don't know. I feel like we've told this story a bunch of times <laughs> a bunch yeah. of times but um we met in middle school in mm-hmm. Indonesia um both our families lived there at the same time and when you're I guess in, in our parents' lines of work, um, a lot of kids go to these international schools in Southeast Asia, and we happen to go to the uh, um, we happen to go to the same school. We played for the same basketball like little team. league basketball team uh, in seventh grade. Yeah, right? yeah, seventh, seventh grade, grade or eighth grade. I keep forgetting. Seventh, it's it one was of, seventh. Yeah. We should probably get that like uh, like fact like on. Point. <laughs> oh no! It's, yeah, it's definitely seventh. Grade. Definitely seventh grade. Yeah, right? Definitely. Uh, okay. So we played on the same. Uh, basketball team didn't win a lot of games. Okay, we won zero games. We, won. <laughs> that, that's, we yeah. tied one game and lost everything else. But that uh, wow, you could tie a basketball game <laughs> <laughs> in little league. You can yeah. little league oh rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I guess we fell out of touch for a little bit. And when all of the people our age got Facebook, I think that's when we reconnected. Probably like a year or two later. Yeah, I think it was like in high school when we became like Facebook friends. But even then, we weren't that close until like college. That's when he saw that I was doing like the music thing, and he was super interested in that. And I think at the time, you were a photographer. Yeah, I started. So. I got into music through shooting for a music blog, mm. and uh, one of the people that worked at that blog was the 
the man himself, Brett Blackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Brett Blackman was our yeah. like a, a, our mutual connect at that point. Yeah, and who is now our manager? Well, so it's so interesting because like we all kind of came from blog culture. Yeah, yeah. She, she started as a writer. I started as like a yeah part of a blog, and uh, and we all met kind of through right after the blog thing. Yeah. kind of in I the think, fallout. Yeah, like right into the transition to SoundCloud, and then individual brands and pages. You know. So, but, so blogs were like important in connecting you on the music front with mm-hmm. Brett and then everything. Yeah. And then how did that kind of take form into something? Was it just mainly through Moving Castle or? Um, no, it was just like a very gradual thing. So like my relationship with Brett started because we were working for the same blog. I just wanted to be involved in music in any capacity. So I wasn't really pushing my artist project. Rather, I was just trying to get out there and go to shows and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like doing interviews and you know, photography and stuff like that. And then Brett noticed that I was making music as well. And then for like a year straight, he was like, let me manage you, let me manage you. And I had a like, really bad experience with a manager before Brett. Mm-hmm. Like, re- it was oh, it man. was pretty bad. Like, I felt taken who, advantage of. thinking of? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> no names, no names. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't care. But like, <laughs> he ran the blog that me and Brett met at. And then so a year went by and I was like I don't want a manager but then Brett was like I'm just gonna help you anyways I'm gonna send the music <laughs> out to people and then eventually the relationship grew and I was like all right let's let's try this manager thing out again and then eventually just ended up here That's so cool. so it well, he left out a couple of crucial details right okay. so, okay. so <laughs> fill them in fill them so in yeah, yeah, yeah. the way we got back into into in talk in touch I guess and like talking to each other um he used to make progressive house mashups Uh, they were were great honestly for what they were they were awesome I used to love them Um, and I remember like I'm like yes I'll like my boy Manila Killers posts on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) my boy show support Um, and eventually he had started doing his own actual production like remixes and stuff and uh, I thought that was so cool because nobody in my immediate social periphery was doing that to to a level that I could consider it (laughs) Uh, to a level that I could consider it uh, uh, I could consider it music or like consider it actual art forms. Mm. And as soon as, you know, we got in touch on that level, I was like, hey, I would love to learn how to do this. So can you like teach me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And at some point, uh, Chris was like, why don't we just, why don't we just do it together? Let me start a new thing together. Mm. So that's how the the working relationship started, even though really it was like him doing all of the production. Um, <laughs> well, it was me like yeah. backseat producing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sometimes how it starts too, you know? Yeah. I mean, just getting the project together is also a huge part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. The creative, the just the energy behind starting something together. Yeah, yeah, and there was only so much we could do at the time because he was on the other coast. Like, we were on separate coasts, so it was, yeah. It was yeah. kind of hard to get in the room together, which we actually never did. <laughs> we actually, like, the first time we had met was for the first show that we were booked at Miami Music Week, and that was the first time we had seen each other since middle school. But we already had oh like gosh. a couple songs out, so yeah, <laughs> it was funny. pretty crazy. Yeah, what a funny experience. Yeah. So I love the origin story, and then let's go back to the five year break. Yeah, post Electric Forest. When at what point did you guys decide that there was maybe something still to do together? Uh, I honestly think this all stems from like the pandemic. During the pandemic, it was a pretty difficult time for... Well, we were roommates over the pandemic. And those two years were just... I don't know. I don't think any of us knew what we were doing. I don't think any of us had any direction or clear goal. 
Um, but like the kind of music that we're doing now, I think stems from that eagerness to find direction from the pandemic. So yeah, yeah, like I mean, it was only like in the last year where Seam started showing me this new kind of music. Because we had been talking about working together again for a while. We were like, yo, let's make an album or something. But nothing, like, really clicked. You know, like, we were both doing house music, but we were just, like, I don't think it was, like, anything was sticking. So mm-hmm. it was only up until, like, la- like late last year is when Esteem started showing me some 150 BPM stuff. <laughs> and, like, when I first heard it, I was like, this is way too much for me. This is, like, <laughs> yeah. jarring. I, almost. like, red-pilled him into, into going <laughs> faster and faster. So, like, I think in... I think last summer, um, last summer was a was personally a bit of a transformative time for me. I think like in personal in my personal world, uh-huh. and because of that, I feel like I was just throwing myself at a lot of new music and a lot of like new media in general. Mm-hmm. And I started to like get into a lot of breaks, a lot of like fast house, a lot of uh, a lot of fast house music, a lot of fast techno. And I was showing Chris all this stuff, and I was like. Yeah, we should start making stuff at like I don't know one one forty, one forty BPM something like that. He was like, "Why don't we start at like one thirty? He's like, "Sure." And then every time we would like make a like a little idea or a beat or whatever, it would like slowly get faster and faster and faster and faster. And, faster. Yeah. and the first, I think the first couple of things we made were like one thirty two, one thirty three, and then before we knew it, I was just like, "No, it has to be fast. It has to be like one forty minimum." Wow. And yeah. as soon as we sort of finished this first single that's coming out um, this week. I don't know when this is going to come out, so it may already be out by that time. Yeah, um, who knows? But uh, it's either out or coming out. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> by the time we made the first single, everything we were making was really fast for us. Yeah. from Coming from the you know generally 120-ish BPM house world, for us, like 140 it was really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same speed as like Lil Texas, who I love, by the way. This is not shade. No. Uh, uh, oh. Well, um, Texas stuff is like generally like 200 BPM. Yeah. Uh, so fast. Hardcore yeah. is the name of the, yeah. the genre. Mm-hmm. I think it gets com- that gets conflated with like hard style. Yeah. I know there's going to be a lot of names for genres. I feel like genres are only for the lay person to have entry. Yeah. You know, it's usually. all it's all kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we made the, the single that's coming out is like the first like fully fleshed out idea that we made. And the name of the single is? Regenesis. Regenesis. Which is right. kind of aptly named if you think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I think if you're listening to this right now, make sure you uh, either pre-save it or like it on Spotify right now. <laughs> 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 to determine this uh, timeless uh, vacuum that we're in right now. The timeless podcast vacuum. Uh, well, I was going to say, because obviously when you sent me the music first, I was like, this is so different than either anything that I've ever heard from you guys. Did so, I send it all to you? What's that? Did I send it all to you or did Brett send it? I think you sent it to me. Right, okay. Yeah, and I was listening to it and I was like, I'm so curious where this is coming from. And you kind of mentioned, you said that you were going through something. I don't know if you're open to talking about any of the personal stuff that you were going through. That like led you to discovering the fast. I think think, uh, the the speed. The speed, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So I think for me, I realized over the course of the pandemic that I make music because I like to DJ. Mm -hmm. And... As soon as the DJ part of that was removed, as soon as it was unavailable, I was like, I don't really want to make music anymore. Mm. So I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was. Swear. I don't know why yeah. I'm doing this. Okay. Can we swear on this? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, like, There's no rules in this podcast. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know why the fuck I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I kind of just like feel like I'm going through the motions. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, to an extent, I still enjoy making house music to, mm. a little bit, but like, 
I was telling Chris this, like, I tried to make a, a remix that was at, like, 125 or 124 BPM, and I, like, fell asleep. I was like, this like is way actually? Too no, I legitimately fell asleep, like, in my chair. I was, like, listening to the loop, like, passed out. Oh um, but, yeah. yeah, I was feeling, like, this disconnect between my artistic output and my DJ. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, I was feeling a disconnect between the artistic output and the DJ personality that I had sort of developed and cultivated. Mm. And yeah, I felt like Garuda to me now means more of like a, a DJ persona where I curate and I be a DJ Mm -hmm. and not as much of like a, uh, not as much of a, as an artist project. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel as personally connected to it as like a, as an artist project. Yeah. So I wanted, I still wanted to have something like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, Chris and I kind of have a lot of commonality in our tastes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of worked out at the, at the right time. We were just like in each other's lives at the right time. The well, right that's place. interesting because Chris, you just released an, you know, an album that was a huge, you know, statement in your career. Mm-hmm. And I feel like probably the best work you feel like you've made. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And, um, so then how did you feel coming off of like the album and the tour to kind of take on a new? I felt like I put so much of myself in that album and the tour that I just needed to do something completely different. Mm. I like after the album and the tour, I would, you know, continue to work on the same kind of music and it just like wasn't clicking for me or I guess it wasn't exciting for me just because I had been working on the album for so long. Like I started working on the album beginning of the pandemic and it came out last year, I think. <laughs> so it was like a really, it was a really long time working on the same stuff. So I think it was, the Chrome Body stuff sort of came from a desire for something completely new, fresh, something that we just don't see around us. Because I felt like I was getting really boxed in with the house music sound. So I just yeah. felt like it was just me kind of breaking out of that mold. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate that because I think that everyone can relate to the pandemic being a time people having a lot of like introspective thinking about what means what to them. And I appreciate that you guys are artists that are down to just experiment and try new things and like not feel the weight of what people expect of you to. Cause I think that like, that was a question that I had. Cause like, I think with so many chapters of your guys' story, there's a lot of like pressures and opinions from other people. Like even just you guys separating, I'm sure, you know, you mentioned on the post, there were so many people commenting and then it's like to come back and announce a new project. Was there any any feelings that you had about like hesitations or worries about what people would say or react? None at all. Not at all. We were like 100% confident yeah. in yeah. the vision. We like really believed in the music and the branding as well. And we just couldn't wait to like launch the project. That's mm. exciting. So it was super exciting. To be honest, I feel like the first time we, I guess, launched a project together was not only our first time being artists and like having to helm a brand was also our manager's first time being a manager so like really all three of us were kind of figuring out like what it took to be successful or like what it took to just like make it work in this line of work yeah i just wanted to party honestly yeah (laughs) i mean like (laughs) dude we just wanted to have fun like you know i was i was speaking with my friend about this actually last night and i was saying like you know for better or worse this sounds like a horrible thing to complain about it makes me sound ungrateful but like we got so much done so early and like 
a lot of big things happen for us when we were just too young to appreciate them. Totally. I was at least. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, dude, uh, as someone who was there for the first Moving Castle show at the Lash, December yes. 2014, mm-hmm. it was like, I mean, I know for a fact that there were major managers and agents that were there that were like looking at what was going on with your collective, your music, and they're like, this is the future, you know, of, <laughs> of the industry. And when you start being kind of labeled with that kind of, you know, those expectations that, you know, that awareness and you're still also in a parting phase, also in a, I just want to DJ and have fun phase. It's a lot to balance, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it did come true. The, you saw the music that was reflected on pop charts the next year was yep. moving castle-esque, SoundCloud-esque, Lewis the Child-esque, you know, yeah. it was like all of our friends that our circle were finally getting that kind of like recognition pretty fast, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm sure you guys can attest to the fact that that's also a, a ton for a young person to juggle. I don't right? think I would, like, processed it completely, Same. honestly. Like, it, looking back now, I realize that I didn't understand, like, what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. Nor did I know how to, like, handle it and scale up from there either. Totally. Like, it was, like, a weird thing that had just never happened to me before, so. Yeah, I mean, the T-shirts, you know, yeah. the yeah. iconography, <laughs> like, this stuff that was, like... I mean, it's crazy because, like, I think the SoundCloud Gold Rush, you saw a lot of people that were just, like, really feeling themselves, like, super hard, super quick because it was, like, this unbelievable, like, you know, springboard to, like, this new... But, like, but then what you kind of realize is, like, oh, I mean, I'll say it for myself, like, you're young, you don't know about, like, a business plan or, like, longevity or... You know, you know. We're, That's what I was going to get to exactly. Kind of, like yeah, yeah. When, so the first time round, we kind of didn't really have a uh, a long term vision. You know, we were kind of just doing things as and when they needed to be done, yeah. rather than figure, sitting down and figuring out. Look, how do we figure out the next year? Mm-hmm. Right? How can we take as many resources as we have, as many connections as we have, to like map out the next year of our life? Right. Because I mean, you know, we're fortunate enough to be in positions where we could just work behind the scenes on this stuff for the last, for about, I don't know, eight, six, seven, eight months, something like mm-hmm. that. So like last, uh, I might be jumping between timelines, but um, <laughs> for, the new, for the new project for Chrome Bodies, we started working like kind of very loosely speaking on the new music in like September, October last year. Okay. And so October through March-ish mm-hmm. was kind of just, or actually October through December was pure discovery. It was like, throwing paint at the wall, just figuring out, like, the mm-hmm. sounds that we liked, the the palettes, right? Um, and as soon as we kind of had that down, we are like, okay, now we've just got to execute. Mm-hmm. So we had the palette down, and as soon as we had that down, we were just knocking things out. Did that feel like Cathartic. you guys were going back to that? Yeah. That it honestly, yeah. yeah, I always draw this comparison. It, it felt like when I started working on music, like... You know, we completed stuff so fast, and I just felt so fulfilled with what we were doing, and I was just like, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Yeah, and so, you know, even with our with our manager, like, you know, we all know our roles a lot better now, and we know exactly what roles each person needs to fulfill. Okay. And we're keeping such intense creative control over all of the, as, as much of the product as we can, mm-hmm. that... Like, now we're making all of the greatest creative decisions between just the two of us, pretty much. And wherever our manager can help, we, we, need to, we get him to help. Wherever we can, like, bring people onto our team, such as photo, video people, lighting designers, et cetera, et cetera, we've kind of got that, like, 
vi- village that it takes to raise a baby. Right, right. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> you know? It, it, yeah. Oh, you were going to say something. Well, yeah, I'm curious now with all that being said, it sounds like, and I would love to know your thoughts on, do you feel like you have a really clear, like, year out plan or further than a year out even for Chrome Bodies at this point? Something like it. Very I much. think we yeah. have enough music to put out a song a week for the next And nine, I know there's some plans months. as far as shows. You yeah. want to talk a little bit about what you guys have been I don't know if we can say much about like live shows, um, but you did record the mix, right? Yeah. Yes. So we put together an hour-long video mix, which is supposed to represent what we're all about. Yeah. Um, we rented out seventeen twenty for a day. Nice. We got full production for it. We have like lighting, lasers, all that stuff. And it's funny because like I was thinking of the title for the video, and I was like, title should be we rented. A warehouse and played a show for zero people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's gonna be the title. <laughs> it's literally like just the the crew and yeah. us and these like mannequins. Yeah, uh, which we spray painted chrome. They're literally chrome, chrome bodies. bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was our lighting designer's idea. Shout I out, think, Anthony. I, I think all the branding and the and the language around what you're doing is actually very smart. It's it's very fun. Um, I think. Do you think a lot of the impetus for doing this was that you just there's just not as much fun with dance music or there wasn't in this period that you were talking about and you just needed to find something to bring that back. Because I'll say for me, like, during the pandemic especially, like, I had to find more interest in just, like, staying invested in music, you know? Yeah, I mean, we weren't really thinking about it like that, honestly. We just, I think it really stemmed from the name Chrome Bodies. And when we're thinking of branding, there's just... There's so much you can do with that name. So yeah. one thing led to another. We just kept going. Chrome Bodies was not the first name. No, uh, we came. We we came up with a couple <laughs> others that were just uh, horrible, horrible, <laughs> absolutely awful, horrible. Really awful names. Are there any you want to share? Uh, well, <laughs> I think Chrome Bodies is like the third iteration of the same letters. I guess like we played with Chrome and Bodies like separate yeah. as separate words. Uh-huh. We played with Chrome Body like as a single as a singular item. Singular. Entity. Um, there was like Chrome Siren. There was like yeah. Chrome Unknown. But like none of them really like spoke to us. Like Chrome Bodies did. And like the best thing about that name is that it's representative of like what you're gonna experience at a show. You're gonna be sweating. You're gonna be mm-hmm. glistening. People are shiny right. with sweat. That's why the that's why uh, Chrome yeah, Bodies. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, it just the music sounds really fun. Like you guys are in your bag and it's just like it's just coming out. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. You know? We're just trying to be as shameless as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like. Come for come for the speed, come for the fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I like I mean the remixes that you guys have chosen to do are eclectic. Honestly, the types of artists bait, that you guys are if picking. you think about it, like the <laughs> kind of like bait throwback remixes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They're all kind of songs that probably were remixed. Uh they're all they were all remixed around the time that we were coming up. Mm-hmm. And they were popular around the time that we were coming up. So we were yeah. like, eh, why not? Like throw it back to that era. Is there also, anything? Yeah, go ahead. Also, like the smiley face thing. The more I think about it, it's like, you know, we're not the first people to use a smiley face as a logo. Like, no, we know that. Like, we're not out here pretending that that's <laughs> like the groundbreaking. Like, <laughs> they thing. came here to say they were the yeah, first. Yeah, House. We invented it. It's not. Yeah, it's not as though we're the first people to use that. But like, you know, that image evokes such a specific energy that we wanted to use that in our in our iconography in our in our brand sure. and. The, the fact that it's shiny and chrome makes it look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It actually does look really cool. Yeah. Okay, I have a question because I feel like whenever somebody talks about like going to a show that makes them feel sweaty, warehouse vibes, 
it makes me think that you guys have been to shows where you've done that and felt that way. So yeah. now I want to know which shows those were for you in recent memory. I'm going to be honest. I don't go out enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to like... Okay. To, Chris needs to be taken out to I a good yeah, to be taken show. Out. Um, <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube videos though. <laughs> um, Same. No, it's not. I wonder. Okay. So I think for me, the, the moment where like the techno switch like flipped for me... Mm was I think crossed in March of last year. So I saw Sarah Landry there for the first time. I had never heard of her and I like she was playing super early at the at the City Steps stage. Yeah. And I was like I was so mind blown first of all. I was like this is really fast and it makes me feel like I'm about to get murdered. Um, <laughs> and it was all like pounding like incessantly pounding techno. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is cool. This is like new to me." Cuz Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to shade an entire genre of producers or anything like that. But like, I was getting really, really bored of Tech House, uh-huh. and like, Tech House is at a point now where, like, everyone and their mom is making and DJing Tech House. Right. So like, I needed to experience something different. Otherwise, I was going to go fucking insane. Right. So I spent the entire weekend at the City Steps Sage, uh, saw Panpot, saw Sarah Landry, which I understand. Like in the broad context, are more commercial names. Maybe they're not as like underground um but then yeah. because of that i feel like i got into people like trim shlomo without the h um <laughs> shlomo without the h <laughs> and then because of that i feel like adjacent to that there's like this whole melodic euro dance like tech trance thing right. going on like dj heartstring narciss um marlon hofstad who used to be a g house producer or like tech house producer like but uh, this was like your gateway you know yeah, that was your gateway yeah, yeah. the steps were you know your gateway yeah and then occasionally i think i went to like a couple of I went to like a few raves. I think the first time I went to Blind Tiger in LA was like shortly after Crossed. Yeah. And actually, no, shortly before. And I think that the first time I heard like hard techno like that, I didn't get it. Like, yeah. I was like, this is, I don't like this. Like, this is, this makes me want to like. Yeah, that's how I felt when you showed me this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yes, I, was I like, understand. I'm, I'm scared. I'm good. Like, I'm good. Pick yeah. me up. I'm fine. I'm fine over here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it the first time. Well, but like, I mean, yeah, now but it's all I listen to. I think it's. Int- I, I want to go back to what you're saying about like the tech house stuff. You know, because it's kind of what I was getting at with the other question. Is like, do you feel like within this space, like everything's like pretty derivative right now? There are a lot of people doing the same thing. Like. You know, how much of that plays into doing something like Chrome Bodies, like you're saying, that's shameless. You know, you want to have just, like, the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, are we, like, is there, like, a post? Because, f- like, I, I feel like... Post Tech House? Yeah. For the record, <laughs> I don't think that I'm blameless in it either, if that makes sense. Like Taking no, some accountability? I, I, like, yeah, I think that, like, I think that, yeah, you got to do what you have to do to, like, keep the wheels turning and, like, pay yeah. the bills. I get it. Like, sure, I'll play ball. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'll do what I have to do to, like keep the keep the machine going totally. but at the same time it would be nice to do something completely different right. on the other on the other side so do you think that this is any different than like the current state of dance music is it any different than it's ever been though hasn't this always somewhat been the case you know i guess so yeah but i, I think what i like about what's happening right now is that any, anything from the underground is cool right like there is no i guess there is no underground anymore that's what I was going to say when you were yeah. saying that. I was like, what is the underground, yeah. really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just because of the amount of, you know, the amount of visibility that anything can have. Like, because if you're, there's like so many underground brands across the world that are doing, you know, warehouse raves or things that were early Brian's Lemonade, early Boiler Room, but they have access to like amazing video footage, you know, capabilities and, and hardware. So they can broadcast their underground thing mm-hmm. and access a crowd of, 
you know, tenfold than the amount of people that were in the room, yeah. right? So then I think that's what you're saying. Like, yeah. underground is, in quotations sometimes, if it has <laughs> the quotes, visibility, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but, I mean, beyond that, though, I think, do, do you, would you say that Chrome Bodies is an underground project, or is... No. 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 Okay. No, I don't think we're <laughs> pretending to be either, like... No. Like we want That's this, to, we want this to be polished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we want yeah. it to be polished. We want it to be like uh, intentional. Right. You know. Right. I think a lot of the uh, maybe the appeal of underground is the unpredictability mm-hmm. and like the sort of randomness of it, and. We that's the, uh, that's the last thing we want. Like yeah. we want everything to be to be done exactly on purpose, exactly how we want it to be done. Right. And yeah, I know that's kind of like not very cool, but like whatever, bro. We're, we have a vision and we're like sticking to it. Is you know? the cool f- like from being serious? Is that is that kind of like what you were? Yeah. To? I mean, like even with my Manila stuff, I've for the past few years, I've always been trying to curate this cool you know, like, aesthetic or whatever, but with chrome bodies, I'm just, like, I don't care anymore. I don't care about keeping up appearances. Mm. I'm just going to do what we enjoy doing, so. Yeah. yeah. I have an interesting question. I I'm, like that, though. I'm an, no, I, lo- I love, I love. again, I think it comes back to me thinking that you guys are just in a period of experimenting yeah. and just rolling with it. And my question for you guys, I've been sitting here trying to think about how to phrase it or ask it but you know we're talking about tech house we're talking about you know this thing that artists do a lot where they jump on a trend and they kind of go in guilty i would say that (laughs) yeah and i think a lot of artists are guilty of it and i don't think it's any fault really i mean it's like easy for anyone to eye roll when you're looking at it as a whole you know like yeah but it's also understandable like people like to experiment people like to try new things um i would say that you know it seems like we've been in a phase of like techno like the darker stuff having a phase. So my question to you guys is maybe for like someone who doesn't understand faster music yet is, is maybe where Chris was, who's like afraid of it (laughs) and like is listening to Chrome bodies for the first time being like, what is this? Like, is this just like a thing that you guys are going to try out? What would you say to them as far as that reaction? Honestly, like the Chrome bodies music that we've been making reminds me of my childhood. And I feel like at some point, everyone, when they get older, they're chasing that, childlike wonder and like inspiration and listening to this kind of music brings me back to that like just like shamelessly loving music like bass hunter and you know stuff like that that i was listening to when i first got into electronic music yeah and it's just like chasing that wonder really that feeling of wonder Mm. i think that no matter what songs we put out it'll always sound like our spin on whatever like genre or whatever vibe that we're chasing and you know i think that that's like that's a two-sided coin to me right like sometimes we want to we want to emulate uh, we want to emulate something so seriously because we like it so much but the more you try to i guess chase that uh ideal or like that vision the less it becomes like what you actually want to make right um and the less authentic it becomes yeah. So what we try to do is like make everything purely like from the heart or from from the from from the heart, I guess. Yeah, like, and just like instinctive. not yeah, not trying so hard. Like trusting our gut has been like the number one driving factor with this stuff. It's not really thinking about oh, what will people think of this? How will they view us? It's more of like, does this make us get up and start dancing? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then we're gonna just roll with it. 
Yeah. I feel like the thinking about how it's going to be received is like a working against yourself mentality. Yeah, it kills yeah. creativity. Yeah, because I, I, I'm on record for saying this a lot, but I think dance music is too serious in general. And <laughs> yeah. I think that there's like a totally a time and a place for it. But I, I don't think that people who are taking their electronic music seriously in this very artistic context should be absolved from any criticism or like like people just <laughs> not you. liking it. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like a weird space that we've kind of, you know, people don't want to kind of go there. But I think that's why like, you know, gatekeepers or, you know, one of the things is like drum and bass. Obviously, we've done a lot of drum and bass parties, you know, there there's an an entire, you know, there's swaths of people on the internet who have a very particular, you know, idea of what drum and bass is and are uh, unable to liberate themselves from that frame of view, you know? And I think it's really important for next generations to not have those hangups because yep. it's not going to help anyone like, you know, proliferate these, this amazing music and get people on board. Yeah. Know? To an extent, I feel like the younger crowd is already more open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the commercialization of techno or TikTok techno, whatever you're going to call it. Yo, I might catch some heat for saying this. I love that shit. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Like, unashamedly. I think, like, all of the somewhat cheesy techno remixes of, like, pop anthems and shit, love it. Inject it. Yeah. Is that, does that any influence on, on this project as well? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, scrolling through TikTok, I, over the last year, I just started realizing that people are speeding everything up. And yes. it's kind of hot. So I think that played a big part in, it's like... It's also a recession. Music gets faster in recessions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is not, this is not made up. Like, this is, this is actually Tell me more. True. I want to hear more about that. I'm surprised. I feel like you guys would know about this. We yeah. Okay, so we talked about this somewhat in an episode that we recorded, and I said something along the lines of, it wasn't about it being faster, but it's about after hard societal times, that's, that music goes back to a really happy, comfortable place, mm. which is why we see patterns of, like, we go back to music that everyone loves. So it's like the house music thing, Cycles. the Beyonce thing. Like that's why that happened is what some people argue because we needed happy house music to get out of pandemic scary times. Well, actually I, to uh, Asim's point, I was, I was watching this video about Mark Fisher, this British writer who was talking about in the nineties jungle kind of came about as like a response yeah. to like this nihilism about, you know, like Gen X's nihilism about, you know, the future of Britain and stuff. And uh, his argument was that people wanted to go to like, these like urban, like, you know, dark derelict warehouses to kind of like have this, like to like get out their fear and yeah. this, you know, the, have this expression. Like house music origin, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was very dark though. Like the argument was that jungle and all this stuff was, it was in an urban jungle, like in a decaying kind of like, you know, it was their way of getting those feelings of nihilism out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do understand what you're saying. It is interesting though, that dichotomy that while it is darker music, you do have you know, pop, top line, and remixes kind of counterbalancing. And like an unashamed euphoria that comes with that. Yeah. 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 Well, so right. I want to hear more about the fast, though. Yeah, hear about, Tell the, me more about the I fast. Just, I feel like even in my gigs and stuff, I feel like I start at higher BPMs and I end at way higher BPMs now. <laughs> like, I still play some, I, I still play a fair amount of house and like a lot of house in my sets, but Chris and I were talking about this recently. Um, I think in my last show, I played like maybe six or seven house songs in like two hours. And everything besides that was, like, faster, like, almost a lot of techno, a lot of breaks, mm -hmm. a lot of, like, trancey stuff. Well, even uh, Calvin Harris's single with Ellie Goulding's at, like... Yo, yeah. so here's... Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, I'm so glad you brought okay. that up. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay, Calvin Harris is, is, like, the apple of pop music, okay? Right. He's either gonna do something best or do it first. 
or both. Best. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, so when he came out with that song, I was like, okay, no looking back now. Like, we right. have, this is it. Like, we're, we're not looking back. We have to launch this. We have to do our shit our did way. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I did. It was, I so was like, is back. He it was so affirming. He took a page so out of, like, DJ Sammy's We're in Heaven a little bit. I mean, if you I, listen I to those two that. songs, yeah. like, it, not to say that he, he it's just like there's like a dance dance revolution kind of like. I was literally just about to say I want yeah. an updated DDR now DDR yeah, with all yeah, the yeah. now songs yeah. that are so then that, that that's on the brighter side of it yeah though, of the faster. But to be to be honest, recession. I get that feedback a lot about our stuff. DDR like it's that DDR, it feels DDR. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you were saying. I mean, yeah. childhood when you said that, I was like, yeah, back when we called everything techno yeah. because that was that's all we knew. Yeah, that's all we knew is what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think there is like a. I I'm, I was just curious how you how you mentioned like the the TikTok techno and then how you felt like you know self being self aware about like you know there's going to be spaces in which techno like the techno heads you know but maybe you're the gateway for people to then go deeper down the rabbit hole yeah right? we're great. not we're not pretending to be the arbiters of like of what is what is techno and what is not techno like no please I don't want that yeah I don't want that burden like, <laughs> yeah God, well no. but, but obviously TikTok is an important resource then right yeah mm-hmm. for, for like. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Chris, because you they were saying the you know the progressive house remixes is kind of how you kind of bro- got started. Yeah, there's a lot of just straight up one for one mashups on TikTok. Now, yeah, right. So it's like a whole new generation is just discovering, discovering the mashups, yeah. right? yes. and it's sick. It's cool. It's like, hilarious to me. I I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember like reading about the psychological nature of that. Like when you hear two different things that you love individually and you put them together, it's just. Just the brain serotonin, like, yeah, explosion serotonin or explosion. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's really cool that like mashups are coming back. Mm-hmm. I honestly wish I kept going with that stuff, but I felt like there were just outside pressures, you know, kind of making me feel like I need to go into original music and just stick to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with like the Chrome Body stuff, it's kind of getting back into that mindset of just like I don't care where this goes. I just yeah. want serotonin explosion, literally, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> You can, you can I mean, trademark we need that it. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that one to you guys. Constantly. Yeah. That's, what, that's what SEC stands for. <laughs> I mean, that's a great mentality to have going back, you know, just just have fun. It's just yeah. all about, like, nostalgia. Just, like, you know, with the pandemic, like, I just wanted something more. I just didn't want to feel like I was boxed in anymore. So this is this Chrome Body stuff just came at the perfect time. Mm. Yeah. So do you feel like you guys are leaning more into nostalgia right now? Like, I mean, at least yeah, I am. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's like just a balance. dance music in general is just a form of escapism, especially for me. And, you know, as you get older, you, it's not to sound dark, but you kind of realize that, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily get better, you know? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> this is good. That's so dark. You should definitely clip that one. That, that, <laughs> I want that on the dark TikTok. So, uh, no, yeah, yeah I, I, I do understand, like, that, that's. <laughs> This is, See, a, again, again, the response to that nihilism, coin. though. That, yeah, like, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. this is the response to that nihilism that we're Two-sided feeling. Two-sided exactly coin, though, is like, what you were saying is, like, maybe it doesn't always get better. I'm on the other side because um, I've been 30 for, like, six months now, seven months. <laughs> and I, <laughs> well, I feel like it's only gotten better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've only gotten more appreciative and, like, had this new, uh, newfound like love for all the shit that I'm discovering. Like, I feel like it's 2014 again. It's crazy. Well, I, you can't. See, that's... The, the 30s, 2014 part two. Yeah, you, you can have that really amazing second wind in your 30s or whatever age, you know, and I think that it's just a misnomer 
Us oldies. Old. <laughs> but so I think old. because I think that P- I, I, Chris is going to be there in July. So it's, soon. It's you, soon. Hey, I'm just saying that soon. I, you know, you're on TikTok and you, I, some people may see it through one lens where they're like, oh man, I'm so washed. You know, they're looking at these young people. Other people are like, I'm, I'm like motivated by the youth and, and the excitement that like that there is, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. And you can discover things when you're in your 30s. You don't have to stop listening to new music. Yeah. Do you listen to new music? Yes, okay. not as much as I used to, but definitely I still do. Because it is rare to listen to No, music it is rare. And I, the thing that I'm thinking about when we're talking about this is like, I keep coming back to the thought of like, if if you guys didn't do it, like no one else would be doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I think is the unique thing about what what you're doing and talking about, like doing these funny remixes from your childhood or from when you were coming up on SoundCloud. Like you look around, you're like, who else would be doing that besides you guys? You know, yeah. like you guys are the guys to do it. So I think yeah. it's cool. That's and obviously awesome. there were so many other people who also came up during those times and also fell in love with dance music and maybe got into techno or trance or whatever. So it's like, there's people out there who are going to love it when they discover it. And again, if you, also, didn't, like, if you guys didn't make it, then it's comeback season. Would. Like, have you noticed that like every duo or every group that like split up in 2017 or 16 or whatever is like, all of a sudden making their comebacks. Justice just announced their comeback. Right. Yeah. Right? True. New album. Uh, Swedish House Mafia doing their whole... Yeah. But did okay, they look. ever really go okay, away? Okay, I know. Okay, <laughs> a lot, a lot. That's I, my, that's well, my there, thing I'll put Did they right? ever really break up? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, 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 I'm interested in that because this may be one of the first instances I've ever heard of a duo separating, coming back together as a Under new a project. Under a different name. Yeah. 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 Have you, like, is yeah, there right. anything else that... I mean... I'm just okay, so okay, okay. Yeah, this, yeah, is a, this is a great, I want to hear your thoughts this is a great that. talking point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've thought about this with regard to how it affects our growth and how it affects our sort of like trajectory, mm-hmm. right? Because people see us as very intensely associated because of you know how publicly we've been associated for the last better part of the last decade, and as such, we're try- we are trying our hardest not to market to the same fans that we've had the whole time. Um, not to say that we don't like them. Like, sure, yeah, because like, I think our most intense overlap group of fans is like obsessed with Chrome Bodies already, which is great, we love that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I feel like we're going after a different niche. We're going after a different crowd this yeah. time. Yeah. So really, we're trying not to think too hard about it, but also staying kind of self-aware about it and mm-hmm. like, Making sure that the branding is individual enough and new enough and fresh enough right. that people don't think, oh, is that just Hotel Garuda back together again? Yeah, like, and I had heard, Chris, like, w- were you thinking about keeping it anonymous for the most part? Yeah, I talked about it for a bit. I was like, what if we just launch the project, not tell anyone who we are and just see how it goes? Mm-hmm. But I think last minute we were just like, F. F. Well, see, the anonymous thing kind of is a double-edged sword. Yep. Because yeah. you can generate yeah. it, but then... You know, at what point are you going to reveal? Because I think we're so visual with people the love a story yeah. too. Yeah. I love a story. I think yeah. this, I need this to know where the music's coming from. The reason, yeah. the reason I think we went for, you know, including our faces, including the fact that we were both involved. Um, I think after the pandemic, this middle tier of of artists that I think we belong to, I feel like a lot of us just kind of like fell through the cracks. Yeah. Mm. And mm. now it's like you have to either be the shiny new toy. Yeah. Or you have to be somebody who's already huge to like mm. really, you know, get attention or, pull, or sell tickets yeah, or something like hard. that. It's hard to get people's attention. Or play now. the nostalgia yeah. card. Yeah. Like, look, I get it. Like, if you're, tr- if you're making like Prague House or if you're making stuff that is an obvious nostalgia bait, go for it. More yeah. power to you. Get the bag. 
um, we are trying to toe a, sorry, we are trying to toe a fine line where we, you know, the first post was like, we're back, we're back together. <laughs> and then nothing since then has been like, guys, remember when we did this? Remember yeah. when we did that? Like, no, none of that. Like, We'll let you know who we are, but then after that, it's just this whole new thing. New thing, basically. yeah. But so that is interesting. You do feel like the middle class in electronic music yeah. kind of evaporated. And Absolutely also because did. when we launched the project, I mean, we had kept our manager in the dark about it until <laughs> like the day before we <laughs> yeah. dropped Surprise. the first song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Because yeah. Cause honestly, like we wanted the creative control to be so intensely guarded yeah. by yeah. us. And I don't think that's like, I think most artists will resonate, resonate with that because... You know, as soon as your team begins to expand, you have other people's voices and other people's creative input mm. diluting your your own vision. Yeah, that if is, it exists yeah. to begin with, because truthfully, I don't think we had one the first time around. Mm. We don't. We didn't have like a perfect, like linear idea mm. of how we wanted the project to evolve and like, you know, take shape or take form. Past, let's play a couple of shows and like see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And this time around, we have we have that intensity of vision. We have that clarity of vision. Yeah. So, you know, dealing with the resources that we have, we know we're not at the level where um, we can drop an unnamed or anonymous project with enough behind-the-scenes gas to, like, gas it up to every single person in the industry. Like, we kind of have to use our... We're using our network. We're using our connections. We're using all the things we've gained in the last 10 years of being in this business and being realistic about how we can use them to our advantage. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what makes it so exciting, too, is that, like, we have all this knowledge now that we can actually apply. Yeah. Which we didn't have in the past because we were just blindly learning. Yeah. Just had no idea. So. You're working smarter, not harder. Exactly. Well, I think that's interesting because yeah. I feel like nowadays, like, I think about what we're just talking about, like, the middle class artist and you know, having all this knowledge now, and I think about how interesting it must be to be a young artist now or a new artist now. Because it's kind of like both the bad and the good of people now kind of have to do it all themselves, right? Like to be an artist, you also have to be your own like social media director mm -hmm. and like be able to film yourself and edit yourself and all this kind of stuff. But in a way, you're being forced to like consolidate it all, which could be good because what you're talking about, like you're, you're saying so much about how it's important to like keep it all within you guys and like just keep it true to what you guys want to do as artists. So I guess it's a both a pro and a con. For kids who are doing it all themselves. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I feel bad for like up and coming artists because it's just so hard to cut through the noise these yeah. days. So I feel super blessed that we've already established that network and that I feel like that really allowed us to launch Chrome Bodies in the way we wanted to. Yeah. We don't have to we don't have to pray as hard about or we don't have to pray as hard on going viral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that makes Which sense. Really I feel like all the younger that. kids just have to like Hope. I mean, yeah. they have to yeah. hope yeah. that they get one TikTok that hits a million views. Yeah. And in the hopes that that one TikTok finds them a manager and then an agent and then yada, yada, yada. So. Yeah, that's the way in now for sure. So with that being said, what should people look out for in the near future from Chrome Bodies? I think there's a lot. There is a lot. A lot what can music. you share with Tons us? Tons of music. Like, yeah. A lot of music. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sweat Season 1 was just completed, which is those remixes. And then we're coming out with an original. And we're going to do another Sweat Season. Sweat Season 2? Do you already original? know which remixes are coming up yeah. for number two? We and have three and, and four. Three. Oh, yeah. all of them yeah. already? Yeah. Whoa. I made like much. an Excel spreadsheet and we have like... <laughs> no, we have, like... Hey, you is this are, a thing? Are understand. you like the organized This is how you've worked smarter. <laughs> you <don't understand. laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We're trying to do this shit so far in advance that like absolutely nothing can fuck up. Right. Yeah. Like unless, you know, extenuating, uh, uh, extenuating circumstances arise, but like... 
we're trying to do this shit so perfectly, so aligned with exactly how we want things to play out uh-huh. that we're planning everything out like seven, eight, nine months in advance. Okay. Yeah. This is the Excel spreadsheet ready to go. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. do like that you guys are having, now you have all the tools at your disposal to do it the way that you want on your terms. You know, I yeah. think that's a really Most cool. of them. Most of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. It's like freeing. Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, I feel free. I feel nice. freed in the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which that. is a really weird way of saying it, but like, yeah. I feel like when we were, I think our first time round, our first go round of this, of this ringer, I guess, right? Um, we were very much in like a make something, put it out, and then spend the next three months trying to figure out what to make next, <laughs> yeah. and then put it out, and then make, and then that pattern would repeat. So I feel like we were playing catch up with our own initial viral hype for the for the entire time we were, we were putting music out. Yeah. So now instead of doing that, we're just like sticking to the plan, and trusting that the vision will take itself where it needs to go. Yeah, we're not necessarily looking at how everybody reacts to the music. It's more of just us showing people like this is how it's going to be this is what's going to happen yeah mm-hmm. yeah love it and then a live debut at the brooklyn mirage the yeah. brooklyn mirage yeah with are, Lewis the child are yeah. you able to share what you're preparing for that or is it all going to be I th- show up and check sh- it out oh oh <laughs> some whispering that's gonna be sweat, uh, it's like in shark tank when someone's like all right yeah, i gotta sure. just yeah, yeah. so, so to our, our <laughs> first uh, our first live set that we just recorded is club chrome 001 yeah club chrome 002 will be live recorded at the mirage Woohoo! yeah it's exciting cool. yeah we're super stoked for that i mean it's it's really just gonna be an hour-long mix of the music that we like nothing more to it honestly yeah great i'm just like so excited to just play this for an actual crowd I'm curious to see how people react. It's going to be weird. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. If people don't like it, I don't care because... I'm having the best time. I'm going to have the best time of my yeah. life playing that music. I know. We got it. I mean, we do have to get you into a sweaty warehouse, so maybe it'll be your own sweaty uh, we're warehouse. We're working <laughs> on it. We're <laughs> working on it. though, great place to, to launch, you know? We're playing it on the main stage at the Mirage, Mirage. too. Mirage. Oh, Mirage. Yeah. 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 Excellent. That'll it's be funny because I, I I like figured we'd be put in the Great Hall or whatever, but they put us on the Mirage. So Oof. I was like, Sick. sure, it's gonna be awesome. I guess sure, so. I guess I'll, t- I'll, uh, guess I'll play on the Mirage. Let me check my schedule. I don't uh, know. Let me check. Let me check my Excel sheet. They've got, let me check Coachella, my Excel. Main, got a Coachella main stage at that club. So I know, right? Insane. Have a great time there. Yeah. Uh, that is that. That's just so exciting. I, I I really liked hearing. I wasn't expecting some of the, you know, perspective that that you maybe revealed. I think it's really refreshing honestly yeah i'm excited for you guys like it's always fun to see friends and people that i feel like you've spent a lot of years with in music or Mm -hmm. at shows kind of enter into a new chapter so i'm excited and honestly it's been very affirming hearing that from our friends and our colleagues you know because uh, yeah reboots could go one of two ways and like it could go real corny or it could go awesome and we're hoping it goes awesome and so far it's been fun but that's also the thing is like i think i feel like we've reached at least an age or whatever where i'm just proud of people for doing it you know like i don't care like it it can be corny it can be cheesy but it's like if it makes them happy and they were like sitting at home marinating on it being like i'm excited about this like that's cool i'm glad you get to do it and Mm -hmm. i'm glad there's people who are supporting you i think a case study like a modern case study in like launching a successful project is that kid abo uh-huh. Mm. Right? Tech House Kid. Uh, yeah, he played a B&L show. Yeah, Abo. Um, I was there. We played the same one the, yeah. with, with uh, Lewis Child, mm-hmm. right? And number one, sweet kid. Number two, works his ass off. Deserves all his flowers. 
I love you. Um, <laughs> number three, he has like, you know, from the start, been very super super intentional about how he markets his product, how he how he makes it. His entire brand is so pinpointed that like you see, you listen to an Abo song, you know it's him. Mm-hmm. You watch an Abo video, and you're like, ah, it's that dude again with one of his songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think all the all the sort of tools are there. All of the resources are there for people to like learn from that. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's the thing when you're talking about uh, the attention economy right now, like what you're saying, being intentional, being very deliberate and clear about what it is you're doing, what your sound is, the parameters of like the project. That's how you're going to break through. Like there's mm-hmm. if you try to keep switching it for, you know, the goalposts of what's hot, like you just lessen the chance of actually building something. Mm-hmm. So I I, you, you, I'm sure you two know this better than anyone, but, <laughs> but it's good to hear that that's kind of like the, the ethos behind we it. We had to learn because, it the hard way, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah for we sure. had to learn it by fucking up yeah. so many times, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So many times. Like, I feel like the whole entire first run of our first artist project together was just us fucking around and finding out. Um, <laughs> you know, now, now to an extent we are still doing that, but like... Yeah. We've fine-tuned the fucking around. Yeah. You feel and the same way? Yeah. Expanded absolutely. the finding out. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. I agree. This feels like the thing, the topic that pretty much every artist mentions on this show. Yeah. It's like, yeah, gotta, I failed a lot. You gotta fail. I feel oh, like, yeah. So, yeah. I think absolutely. when, when, when yeah. we saw, I think when you had uh, sent us like the snip of the episode with Allison. Yeah. She was saying something about failing a lot before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, dog, that is some real shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the real, real takeaway. Also, That's like, great. you know, for, for what it's worth, a five year professional break also meant that, like, our friendship evolved in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, our friendship evolved, our skills evolved. Both of us leveled up significantly on s- multiple aspects. You also um, lived together during lockdown. Yeah. yeah. I was say, it kind of sounds like you're talking about, like, a relationship breakup. You know, you're like, you're like you got to break well up and, like, been. become individually amazing and we then come find back ourselves. together. We kind of had to but find like, ourselves, too. That's, like, yeah. legit. Yeah. Like, we yeah, it's true. It's together. true. Yeah. And, like, we wow. came back together and now we have, like, this... I mean, we. I felt like we always had a very, like, uh, yin and yang sort of relationship where... I see that. I would yeah. kind of fill in the gaps where Chris would leave them and vice versa. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, in person, I'm a much more sociable, like, extroverted person. But on stage, I don't, I'm horrible at talking on the mic. And he's the one who talks on the mic. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's so weird. I don't, so weird. I don't know yeah, how I that don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why that happened, but that switch flips every time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've, we've kind of just figured out exactly what we're both good at. Yeah. And, what we're, and we're honest with each other about what we need to work on each. Yeah. And it's a good partnership. so we both yeah. just like, we both just play to our skills, play to our strong suits, use the tools that we both make for each other and with each other and just ball. <laughs> Fuck it. We ball. We just ball. We just ball. Just like in seventh grade. And <laughs> getting basketball yeah. team. I get buckets. buckets. <laughs> I get well, buckets. we're ready for sweat season. Get that, uh, get that glisten on. Mm-hmm. I know. I yeah. can't wait. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast, telling Thanks us for, about it. Yeah. And yeah, excited for what's to come. Chrome bodies, check it out. If it's out, it's out. It's out. <laughs> it's out there. All this noise. See you soon.